Welcome back to That's a Good Word. Um, thank you for joining us for our Holy Week devotionals. If you uh, missed any or you're just coming on now, also out this week, we've been going through Jesus' um, Jesus's last week before his crucifixion and resurrection. We've been looking at different um, events on each day, Monday through Friday. And now today, we're going to look at the crucifixion. If you'd like to look at any of the previous videos, feel free to go on our YouTube channel or check out our social medias. They'll be posted there as well. But Keith, thank you again for coming on today. Thank you. We'll be looking at the crucifixion and um in John chapter nineteen. So so thank you and Layton. Go ahead and get in. Great. Had a lot of material to cover today and uh, some of it may be hitting the high spots. And some of it may just be simply reading. Hmm. And uh it's not a bad thing to just read the word of God. Many of the, the Puritans many, many years ago and uh, others would oftentimes just read the word of God. Paul told Timothy to give, give attendance to uh, the reading of the word of God. We know that uh, in the book of Nehemiah, chapter 8, I think it was, that Ezra stood up and read the word of God, and the people stood up out of respect to the word of God. So let me just read the word of God today on Good Friday. What's so good about it? Someone may ask, well, it's a good thing that God gave his son Jesus to die on Calvary's cross mm. for us. The Bible says in John 19, beginning in verse 16 through 42, then he delivered him to them to be crucified. They took Jesus then and led him away. And he, bearing his cross, went out to a place called the place of a skull which is called in Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him and two others with him, one on either side and Jesus in the center. Now Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross. If I can just say this, the place was a providential place. It was not coincidental. It was not accidental, but it was providential that Christ would be crucified at Golgotha. Golgotha is called the place of a skull. I have a friend who once was in Israel and uh, they were at the time of taking a little break in the tour of the Holy Land. And he and another guy just noticed this really, really tall hill. And uh, he just uh, recognized that it was in the shape of a skull and uh, went on to realize that that was Golgotha and was just overwhelmed by the whole process. It was at Golgotha that there were three men hanging on a cross. One man died in sin. One man died to sin, but thank God the man in the middle died for sin. 
Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross, and the writing was Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Then many of the Jews read this title for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. It was near the city, Wilson, but yet we know it was outside the gate. And it was written in Hebrew, Greek, and Latin, the three prominent languages of that day. Therefore, the chief priest of the Jews said to Pilate, do not write the king of the Jews. But he said, I am the king of the Jews. There's something about the cross that always exalts God's best, who is Christ, but it always exposes man's worst. And this here, of course, is no exception. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. Wilson, if I ever come up with a, with a study, I'm going to put in the notes here, good for him. I think Pilate was beginning to see that this was not the run-of-the-mill crucifixion. And I think the weight of everything was beginning to get to him. I think he could have told us anything. He would have said, I don't know how much more of this that I can take. And he says now to the chief priest, he said, what I have written, I have written. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts to each soldier apart and also the tunic. Now the tunic was without seam woven from the top in one piece. They said, therefore, among themselves, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it. Who it shall be that the scripture might be fulfilled, which says, they divided my garments among them and my clothing, they cast lots. Therefore, the soldiers did these things. Now, then, and I love how the scripture is outlined here. The seven sayings of the cross. The first saying is, Behold your mother. Behold your mother. And then, for time's sake, he went on to say later on, it is finished. He later on said, he later on said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. What, what are your thoughts on the sayings of the cross, especially, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do? Definitely. Um, for each of the sayings, for one, you look at, Boy, and behold your son, Jesus' selfless love. Yeah. Even while he's suffering on the cross. Yeah. Um, his focus is still on others. It's still yeah. on, on his mother and the, the call to John there. You look at I thirst, I think you see a Psalms 69, 21 there. You see many of these sayings of the cross. I think we talk about um fulfillments yeah. of old of old testament, of old testament prophecies. 
but even going back with when we talk about father forgive them um we we still see a compassionate lord even when he's, he's suffering and taking on the very sin that he will forgive um taking on the very sin of the people that put him on that cross that are standing there mocking him he's still in that moment is compassionate and loving towards them and um and merciful and, and gracious so Con- convicting see, it it is certainly yeah and looking at our own lives i mean yeah it really is it's convicting so it is finished stands out to me that he did not say i am finished mm. but he said it is finished meeting his assignment to take the place of sinful man before a thrice holy God. It's a shout of victory, not a shout of defeat. You're exactly that. That's why I hang around you. The <laughs> things that I can learn, such a shout of victory. I'll t- I tell you what, uh, this coming Sunday at his vineyard church in Greer, where I pastor, and you can find that online if you're interested. And uh, you can find that online if you're not interested. Either way is okay. But uh, we're, we're going to be preaching together with our Minister of Students, Derek Henderson. We're going to be talking about that. And we're going to be just going back and forth. It would sound really, really redneck here on this really dignified podcast if I said what we're going to call it. We're going to call it tag team preaching. So I, I just won't even mention that now, but we're going to be doing that at 9 and 1030. And I love this. That's a shout of victory. It is finished. To, and it makes me want to shout to know that I don't have to go about and try to finish God's plan of salvation for my life. Jesus did that. Didn't right. Right. May I mention this? Verses 31 mm-hmm. all the way down through 42. It talks about, first of all, Jesus' side is pierced. One verse stands out here. Verse 34. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear. And immediately, blood and water came out. Explain to our friends, why did blood and water come out? What I believe it shows is that Jesus is a genuine humanness. Yeah. Um, that although he was a hundred percent God, um, allowing him to take on what he took on, uh, he is also genuinely human. Yeah. When he dies, and that's that's what I see there. Would you Would you agree with that? Yeah. I, I would. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. He was human, but nonetheless, he was holy. Mm. And. What it tells me is that, uh, and we so don't have time to get into this on today's podcast, but not a bone was broken. Hmm. Not a bone was broken. And that, again, was a fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy from Moses' law concerning the lamb. The lamb just had to be slain. 
And uh, normally, the bone was broken. Even the way that the crucified individuals were hung there and their legs were bent. So in order for them to even say anything or to pray anything out loud, passionately, the way Jesus did, he had to push to even let his diaphragm even be straightened out so he could so he could articulate, so he so he could speak and verbalize. What what loyalty that he had to the Father and what love he had for us. And then finally, verses 38 through 42, the scripture talks about Jesus being buried in Joseph's tomb. Suffice it to say, this, like all of the word of God, is accurate. But I, I like to sum it up like this. Wilson have pastored in Greer for a long, long time. Live in Greenville now. Still pastor in Greer. Live in Greenville for three reasons, and they're all three grandsons. End of discussion. That neither matters here nor there. You hear you hear pastors and preachers talking about the original Greek language. From time to time, I like to share with people the original Greer, which this is what this is saying in the original Greer language. The Word of God teaches us that Christ was born in a virgin womb. But, oh, hallelujah, he had to be buried in a virgin tomb. Nobody had ever been buried, where Jesus was buried. This was not only a new tomb, but it was a borrowed tomb. And the reason it was borrowed, because he wasn't going to need it for long. Yes. Later on down the road, later on down the road, somebody else was planning on using this. But once Christ was buried in this tomb, and of course he rose from the dead, Joseph of Arimathea said, nobody's ever there. Praise the Lord. And I'm told when you go to Israel that there's one, possibly three places where he was actually buried. Here's the good news. They're all three. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. He's alive and, and uh, we'll talk. Definitely. Awesome. Keith, thank you. Um, Keith. Yes, sir. We will. Uh, it's a, seems to be a dark, dark day on Friday, yeah. but, um, it doesn't, fortunately, thankfully, um, it doesn't end there. So Sunday's coming. That's right. Sunday's, Sunday's coming. coming. So join us again Sunday morning. Um, thank you for tuning in.